I wish that I had known when I was 16 that I could take my temperature every day and know when my period was coming. We could have known so much about our bodies and not been afraid of them. Or been made to think that whatever was going on with them was a problem to be solved. Right. Hello, I'm Carolyn, and this is What Doulas Know. I'm a doula, the mother of two, and for over 40 years, a registered nurse. My goal is to educate, support, and empower before, during, and after pregnancy with a special emphasis on labor and childbirth. All information presented in this podcast is intended for educational purposes only and is not intended as medical diagnosis or treatment. The persons presenting the episodes are not licensed doctors. You should consult a qualified medical professional before making any decisions regarding your health, including any decisions based on information presented here. Hello, this is Carolyn with another episode of What Doulas Know. Today I have with me my daughter Ruth and her good friend Hallie. They are both what society would call millennials. They've been high achievers and goal-oriented their entire lives. Both of them have advanced degrees. Hallie works for a university and Ruth for a performing arts organization. They've been friends since elementary school, and these ladies have been through many life events and changes together. So the goal of this episode is to give you a peek into the lives of these women, Ruth, who is pre-pregnancy, and Hallie, who is in her third trimester. So welcome, both of you. Thanks. Thank you. (laughs) So the first part I just kind of want to know for your age group is you've been through a lot of life things. You've done a lot of traveling. You've um, both got advanced degrees. So How do you choose then, okay, we've met this, we've met this, now let's start to have a baby? Oh, that's a good question. (laughs) Um, I spent a lot of my first, I would say, 29 years of my life trying to not get pregnant. So um, it was a strange moment when I, my husband and I were were like, okay, well, maybe we're, we're ready to start doing this. Um, ready to start trying to have a baby. And it's interesting because you think, I mean, I took hormonal birth control for 15 years, and then all of a sudden you stop taking birth control and you think, okay, well, what now? And I know Ruth and I have talked about how surprised we were to find ourselves not really sure what to expect at that point. There's so much about your body that you don't know and that your body is doing on its own without you even paying attention to it. Yeah, like getting off birth control was like a huge eye opener. Yeah, to what like how amazing it is. It's just yeah, it's amazing. I don't think I realized how ovulation really works. No, before (laughs) I not at all. So how did you taking birth control? (laughs) Which is a strange. I mean, which is I don't know if it's strange or not. I think I'm probably in the norm in that realization. But like you said, I'm a relatively well educated person, and I somehow missed. The memo yeah. on how my body. Yeah, I think that's what work. I was so uh, impressed with both of you is the way you sort of uh, looked at this possibility of, of trying to become pregnant and the resources you used and the research you did. It wasn't like when I decided to get pregnant, it's okay, well, we'll just get pregnant, see what happens. And we didn't have three different apps on your phone and four different types of ovulation thermometers. And we had no idea. And so 
do you guys feel like you have almost overload or are you thrilled to know so much about your bodies? I think at first it's an interesting adventure, right? And you you find like, oh, okay, I didn't know this and I didn't know that. And I wonder if my period will start now or when will this happen? Um, but as time goes on, and at least for me, I stopped taking birth control and my periods did not return as I anticipated they would. And then it becomes a little bit scary and a little bit like, okay, this is my body. Why don't I know what's going on with it? Why can't I interpret this or that or the other? Um, and your doctor is a great resource, but your doctor also will just tell you to try for a year. And if you're me and you're always like working towards a goal, you're like, okay, but what can I do? And what can I be doing to get towards this end? And it can be frustrating for the answer to be wait and see, and you can take your temperature a hundred times and wear the Ava tracker bracelet and uh, do everything, you know, read all the apps and read all the books and you still just don't know exactly what's going on in your body. So like I said, it, at first it was exciting and an interesting adventure. And then as time passed and I was trying to figure out what was going on, it became harder to discern mm-hmm. exactly what I should do and what resources I should access. So when you when you went to see the doctor, you weren't pregnant? No. I went to see my doctor and I said, I'm thinking of going off birth control. And she said, that sounds great. You're healthy. Everything looks good. I'll see if you haven't conceived in a year, I'll see you in a year. Um, and so that's where I I thought we would be. But when I stopped taking birth control and, like I said, my periods did not return at all with any sort of regularity or anything like that, then I, I got concerned. And um, I, I found a new provider, not because I didn't like my old provider. She stopped practicing. Mm-hmm. Um, but I found a new provider. And she was, she was much happier to help me figure out doing some testing and things and what was going on and what was going on and why my period hadn't returned after six months or so. And she was really helpful in helping me come to a diagnosis of polycystic ovarian syndrome. Um, I have the characteristics of it, irregular periods and um, cystic-looking ovaries. But I don't have a lot of some of the other pieces that sometimes come along with PCOS. Um, So it was an interesting journey. But I wish, in retrospect, when I was in high school... I had irregular periods and I went to see a doctor and the doctor was like, irregular periods, we can fix that. Take some birth control. And then I didn't stop taking birth control for 15 years, which I don't think is an unusual story for a lot of millennial women. Mm -hmm. But if someone before I was 29 and trying to have a baby had said, oh, let's look at what could be causing this instead of let's fix this, I might not have found myself as overwhelmed and as afraid of what this meant for my fertility as I was right, initially when I heard this relatively to me scary diagnosis. Yeah, I agree. I think that uh, women in their teens are not really taken seriously because hardly anybody, they say, has regular periods. And so they put you on birth control if you have a 
ovarian cyst if you have polycystic ovary disease. There's just, that seems to be the... If you have acne, if you have mood swings, if you... <laughs> I mean, there's, they just try to fix everything with it. And it's not, I mean, I wish, I wish that I had known when I was 16 that I could take my temperature every day and know when my period was coming. Or 14. I mean, like, now I know exactly. Right. And I know it's going to, and it does. Like, I'm lucky that it, it is regular and that it comes when I expect it to. But, like, it wouldn't have been a scary thing. It wouldn't have been, like, an unexpected, like, crap, I don't have a change of pants in my locker. Like, we could have known so much about our bodies and not been yes. afraid of them. Or been made to think that whatever was going on with them was a problem to be solved. Right. Right. And I think that oh, since I've become a doula, I have realized that many things in pregnancy and in the labor process are things that someone along the line has decided needs to be fixed. Mm -hmm. They're not having contractions fast enough. Let's give them Pitocin. They're in pain that, sh you know, let's give them an epidural. So people don't respect the normalcy and the way that the body knows how to work, your body is making this baby and knows exactly what to do without you trying to fix, oh, it, you know, this is a two seconds late. I better take something to fix it. So. Yeah. And I think that from a doctor's perspective, who's been through medical school and like it's their entire prerogative to fix your problems. Mm -hmm. And if you saw a kidney doctor, you would want them to fix your problems. If you would if you saw a heart doctor, you want them to help you fix your heart problems. I think OB, OBGYNs are uniquely positioned in that the people that they work with and the conditions that they work under and with, like labor is not necessarily a problem to be solved. Right. But they come with this great mentality that we want doctors to have that mm -hmm. I will solve your problems. And so I think since I've gotten pregnant and I have worked to step outside sort of the over-medicalized side of what my birth experience will look like. Um, it's been interesting to really engage with what thinking about giving birth and going through labor will look like as a natural process that my body knows how to go through as opposed to a medical problem to be solved. And it's been a big paradigm shift, but I would encourage anyone who's not having a high-risk pregnancy to think about their body in this process in a more holistic way. Mm -hmm. I think that's one reason I became a doula was when I had my children, I didn't really have a choice of hardly anything that happened. I didn't realize that I had much power or control over the situation. And when I started to do some research on the doulas and how much they can lower the pain medication and they lower C-section rate and different things, I thought, I want my girls, which I consider you all my girls, with Ruth being my daughter, and I just feel like I needed or I wanted to let you all know that there are so many more choices and that it is a normal process. And I didn't want you to be scared to go into labor or scared um when you have to push, it's not like it is on Grey's Anatomy or whatever TV show. I think um, from my perspective, 
since I've before I got pregnant and since I've gotten pregnant, like my partner and I's prerogative has been like knowing more is better. And the more we know, the more equipped we we will be. But we have really had to seek out knowledge of our own accord. And I um, am very fortunate. I have Carolyn in my life, and I also live in a metropolitan area where I have access to a practice that is half midwives and half OBs because I know that midwives, there are not as many of them um, around the country as there could be. And I've had access to a great midwife who recommended to me Lots of good resources, including a really interesting and informative birth class um, that my partner and I have been doing together. If I thought I didn't know very much about how my body worked when I was trying to get pregnant, I have been amazed at how much I didn't know about the process of giving birth and what's going to happen as I go through my third trimester and what my body is going to do and when my body and the baby are ready to come what physiologically is going to happen. I had no idea. Mm -hmm. And if I had a nickel for every time I've said to someone, where did I miss this class? Where did I miss the memo on babies and how they come out? I would have like $5, I think. But (laughs) (laughs) it's amazing to me how much I didn't know. Right. And like I said, my, you have helped me and my, Midwife has helped me find resources to educate myself, but the fact that when I have my baby and when I do ultimately go to the hospital, I know what to expect. I know what it's going to, what the nurses mean when they say things. I'm going to know what they're talking about when they're talking about births or, you know, the babies at this station or Mm -hmm. this station. I didn't know what that meant before. And because I've been, had access to good resources in this excellent class, but I was talking to a friend the other day who said that, you know, she was she felt like she was afraid to know too much. And when labor didn't progress exactly how she thought it would, she and her partner found themselves unable to make informed decisions and overwhelmed by what the doctors were saying to them, the doctors and nurses. And I just looked at my partner and I thought, we know how to answer those questions. Right. And we know what those things mean. And because we know what they mean we can make informed decisions Mm -hmm. ideally our decisions have been made before i'm right seven meters dilated because i might not be in a place to make decisions right (laughs) at that juncture and that's Um, why we went over your birth plan the very first time to kind of give you food for thought yeah so you can start to think really encourage anyone to not be afraid of knowing too much because the more you know the more informed decision you can make. And that doesn't mean that you don't decide when you know everything there is to know that you want an epidural and you want your birth experience to look like this. But you know. And so you can make the decision that's right for you. Has there been any surprise with your body? Like the first trimester, you were a little nervous, (laughs) I think, uh, with some of the testing that was requested of you. Yes, I was definitely an anxious pregnant lady. Um, (laughs) As I have moved into my third trimester, I feel like I'm a little bit more comfortable. Mm -hmm. Um, But I had a lot of questions about what this experience was going to be and what was going on. And um, I initially turned to the internet 
for answers, I would not recommend turning to the internet for answers because it doesn't help you to know what's actually going on with you. It just can increase your anxiety. And there were moments where I thought like my prerogative of like the more I know the better could trip me up. But it was in those instances where I thought I should talk to my provider because my provider can really give me an answer or insight. Whereas if I'm Googling what horrible things can happen at three in the morning, like that's not good information. That's not going to Well, help and they me. were really supportive of you and like dealing with your, they asked you about you. They didn't, they right. weren't just concerned about what was going on with the baby. And yeah, very much so. Yeah. Yes. My provider has been very good about checking in about my anxiety levels and knowing that as a person predisposed to anxiety, what that can look like as you go through pregnancy and what that might mean for your me and what my experience is going to be like postpartum, knowing that in advance for me and my provider can make all the difference for what to expect or not expect when and after the baby comes. Yeah. So that's, I'm, I'm really, I've been really thankful for that as well. We've been talking about being informed uh, with things that are, are medical or technical, scientific, uh, what bracelet and everything that you've had. But the one thing that I think is interesting when I was pregnant is everyday life and how you have to adapt to getting in and out of the car, getting up and down and walking around. And I think I knew where every bathroom was in the city. And so um, I know that you guys uh, – live with two cats but now how is it to go to bed at night with a husband two cats and a pregnancy pillow oh this is funny i think that like this sort of alludes to the, all the things that they don't tell you about being pregnant and all of a sudden you're pregnant and you're like wait a second why am i miserably constipated <laughs> nobody mentioned that that is a thing that is going to happen to me um and the other thing i would say that nobody mentioned is that like of course you anticipate when the baby comes you won't sleep very well but nobody mentioned to me that, like, along the way, your sleep is going to be very disrupted. And the fact that my husband and I share a bed, we're all about our cats in the bed. And then I introduced a pregnancy pillow into the bed. And the cats have thoughts about the pregnancy pillow. And all of a sudden, my husband feels very far away. But I'm not taking the pillow out of the bed because <laughs> I really sleep so much better with it. Um, it can feel stressful at moments, especially, I mean, when you're not sleeping well. That can feel stressful. And you weren't, yes. I wasn't anticipating that when I got pregnant. But I think the more you can just like take in stride and enjoy, as I've, like I said, as I've become more comfortable in my pregnancy, I've really tried to just like enjoy each moment. And sometimes that can be the absurdity of a cat in my pregnancy pillow situation with me and the baby kicking really hard because. The cat is purring on my belly and Matt being like, are you okay over there? While well, I'm like eating 16 Tums um, <laughs> because I also had really bad heartburn, which they should tell you about too. Um, but I think really just taking the time to enjoy those moments and really be present in this moment in my bed with my family, the way it looks today um, can really, is really important. And hard. I'm not going to say that it's like easy at 1130 at night to 
like be like, oh, this is the joy of my life when I'm like, literally, <laughs> I just want to sleep now. Yeah. Um, but. Well, good. Well, I think that um, we're going to wrap up this episode and uh, I hope that you'll come back after little the <laughs> little baby guy is born and talk to me. And I've also invited uh, your husband, Matt, to come and talk to me about his journey with this. Oh, great. And uh, so I just want to thank you both for coming, and uh, I look forward to the the rest of this journey. We're looking forward to it, too. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for listening to this episode of What Doulas Know. You can learn more about the show and my guests at whatdoulasknow.com. Please rate and review this show. It helps get more exposure and reach additional people. Peace to all. Thanks.